1: 93 wibc it is the kendall and casey show i'm rob casey's out today brad Kloffenstein in for casey all right well as we begin most hours these days there is still so much drama going on with donald trump and we've talked about this a lot brad and, and you're a good person to ask about this because you're a neutral libertarian man. So uh, you don't care one way or another. You're not invested in outcome. You just want what's best for the state, the country, whatever. It's going to be impossible for Trump to beat all of these. Just pure math right. tells you that eventually you're going to find a jury in one of these cases who's going to hate this guy enough that no matter what legal defense you put on, it ain't going to matter right. It's going to be The state of Georgia It's going to be The feds Something in D.C. Yeah there, there's, You're right There's too many things Coming at you And you can't Fend off that many attacks You don't have it Your legal team No matter how good they are Right It just cannot digest all of that coming in. And it's the federal government, and they have unlimited resources, and there's a reason that they have a – Abdul posted this the other day. If things that go to trial, there's like a 90% conviction rate or something with the federal government. Now, the one thing in New York is not a federal thing. The thing in Georgia wouldn't be a federal thing. But he's facing two sets of charges from the federal government. And they have unlimited resources and they never have to quit and they never have to be accountable to what they're spending money on to get you. It's just it's uh, it's overwhelming odds that he's going to he's going to be able to beat all of them, even if he actually beat them. The odds that he can get a jury where he can beat, especially in Washington, D.C., almost no chance. But. If we're going to make it a you-know-what show, then, hey, let's make it a you-know-what show. And Trump's attorney, his name is John Lauro, he was on television over the weekend saying, absolutely, let's put put the trial on TV. So would you be okay with the president's support, a televised trial? I mean, it would have to go through all kinds of hoops and rule changes and those kinds of things, but let the American people see every minute of it and decide for themselves? I'm...
2: Yeah, I, I, I personally would love to see that. I'm convinced the Biden administration does not want the American people to see the truth, um, and they they acted on it by filing this protective order, which is an effort to keep important information about this case from the press. I'm shocked, actually, that all the networks haven't lined up and filed pleadings already, objecting to this um, this this very broad attempt by the Biden administration to keep information away from the American people during the election season. The American people have a right to know. Of course, Joe Biden doesn't want that to happen.
1: I think all of our trials should be on television, uh, or at least the public should be allowed to broadcast from, and I'm talking local courts, I'm talking uh, federal courts, state courts, because they're an, a, an arm of government, the same way as that a unless you're me and you get the police weaponized on you at the Brownsburg Town Council meeting, you're allowed to go in there and film the meetings. You should. It's a government action. A courts are a government actions. I thought whoever it is that the courtroom should have cameras in there. Now, if there's some sort of. Uh, witness protection program something at place you know or what or you know threat of a, a witness or whatever okay but that's not going to be in this case we should deserve to see what mike pence is going to say or what any bill barr or any of these other witnesses are, are going to say you know the pac 12 could have saved their media rights deal if they could have got the pay-per-view rights <laughs> to this So Alan Dershowitz, he was, of course, the uh, attorney for one of Trump's impeachments, was successful in getting no no conviction. He's also probably best known as being one of OJ's attorneys. He was uh, he was talking over the weekend about the judge in this case in Washington, D.C., and how if this if this woman is the judge, Trump's basically got no shot.
2: I can't imagine a worse judge for trying to persuade the American people that he's going to get a fair trial. And it's absolutely essential, not only that justice be done in this case, but that justice be seen to be done. Remember, this is the first case in American history where the man, the leading candidate against the incumbent president, is being uh, prosecuted. And we now know that Joe Biden pushed for that prosecution. Uh, There were articles uh, written uh, in April of 2022, which obviously was seen by, by Garland and by Smith, saying Uh, The president really, really wants him to stop acting like a judge and act like an aggressive prosecutor. So when you get that kind of situation, there has to be an appearance of justice. Uh, This judge is a disaster from that point of view. She got her training uh, at a law firm that has uh, probably the largest number of allegations of conflict of interest and corruption of any major law firm in America. They uh, represented Hunter Biden. Uh, in, in the Barisma situation, uh, they are they are conflicted out of this case, uh, and she should be conflicted out of this case. She actually recused herself in another case involving a similar situation. So this case ought to be tried outside of the District of Columbia in front of a different uh, judge, and only then will the American public be satisfied if there's a conviction.
1: And he's right. I mean, when you the judge plays such a role in what evidence is going to be allowed in, the speed of the trial, the witnesses, what they can and can't answer. I mean, the judge it's like it's like having an umpire who bet on one of the teams before the game. Right now, it, and they they can't move this to a, a different federal district. Well, yeah, they're tra- they're trying to, and I think okay. that. But who's going to oversee that? Who's going to make that? The judge is who's going to make the 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 choice. Donald Trump really has one shot on this, and I was reading an article about this. I can't remember if it uh, maybe the Hill uh did a did a little piece on it what the legal strategy might be and they said really it comes down to it he's got to stretch this to next past 2024 hope he wins the presidency and that's really his only his only shot that he's gonna have i mean we are we are totally in uncharted territory and it's always this thing like you talk about well you know wouldn't that be wild if well, it's happening. I mean, you're seeing whether you like Trump, you don't like Trump, you're entitled to that opinion. But the weaponization of the federal government against an individual is, it's crazy that this is going on right now. Hey, real quick, before I go to a break, uh, Trump did go to on Truth social media and we played the... Uh We did the dramatic reading of the uh, commentary he had on Mike Pence. Uh, He did also comment uh, on Nancy Pelosi. And uh, I definitely felt this was worthy of a dramatic reading, Brad, if you will indulge me for a moment. Is Whitney Houston's estate going to get another dime? Uh, CSAC will once again be making a sizable (laughs) contribution to the Whitney uh, Houston estate. Uh, Kevin, if you would, please. I I purposely didn't comment on Nancy Pelosi's Very weird story concerning her husband. But now I can because she said something about me with glee that was really quite vicious. Quote, I saw a scared puppy, she said as she watched me on television, like millions of others that didn't see that. I wasn't scared. Nevertheless, how mean a thing to say! She's a wicked witch whose husband's journey from hell starts and finishes with her. She's a sick and demented psycho who will someday live in hell! Exclamation point. Just one? Just, just one. Yeah, you do have to clarify sometimes. <laughs> what is going on, Brad? I don't know. Have they ever said why... Her husband was attacked. I no. never actually heard a resolution to that. The story conveniently went away. He was uh, answered the door in his underwear, and uh, no, no, Move along, move along, Brad. Nothing, uh, nothing to see here. Uh, all right. Um, speaking of Trump, his legal spokeswoman said over the weekend that charges are likely coming from Georgia. Uh, we've also got some audio from some Democrat congressmen that are just unbelievable on Joe Biden. We'll play all that and more coming up next, Kendall and Casey Show, ninety-three WIBC
0: whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you
2: me tell you about a place somewhere I picture your whole
1: life having been in
2: an animal house I
1: appreciate the fact that you you think that that's been my whole life but it's not exactly been that, but it's been fun. I mean, I, I picture between 18 and, current, and when you and Sheila got married, that your life was Animal House. All day, every day. And that is my perception of you. And I say that as the greatest compliment I could give someone. Well, thank you. I mean, I sold beer in the 90s, and I had Broad Ripple as my territory. And <laughs> Keystone's Crossing, when that area was rocking and... Run a licensed beverage association. and yeah, I, You always brought happiness to people, and it always I involved do. alcohol. I, but I will say
3: I, this uh, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when Brad was in a fraternity. Back yeah, in I, college.
1: A young Kloppenstein Some of my fraternity brothers do listen to this show. Yeah. And maybe and, and yeah, they could, they could probably tell stories. In fact, what's the uh, phone number to uh, give feedback? Uh, 317-684-8444 is the phone number if you have stories of Brad in his youth, even if you were not a fraternity brother. Because here's the thing about Brad, by the way, Brad Kloppen's, Kloppenstein is our uh, guest host today for Casey. here on the Kendall and Casey show if you haven't put two and two together. Brad... Is a maniac, but he's an always lovable, in control, drunken maniac. And that's what I love about Brad. Brad is a guy that you are – Kev, you know this. There are certain people you would just hate to get liquored up with because either they turn – mean or psychotic or annoying. Brad just gets more cheerful and fun by the beverage, and that's what we should all strive to be.
3: Yeah, I think that's great because I'm kind of like that as well. So I I can see
1: Kevin just, yeah, Kevin probably gets smiley and quiet as he's (laughs) getting more and more cocktails in him. And he just kind of stands over the corner, non-offensive. So Now, I will say I use booze and politics to have one of my greatest creative marketing or guerrilla marketing coups of all time, the Hobnob, the put on by the indie chamber yeah um did that was you just, what's that do you invent that i did not invent it however i went a couple times and they would give you a beer and you know oftentimes they'd like roll your beer in a napkin or something and hand it out i'm like well that's silly we but we there ought to be koozies here yeah. so i got a, a liquor sponsor the next year and sponsored koozies I had libertarians on one side the libertarian party on one side the booze brand on the other and i just went around to all the bar bars that were in the event and gave them to the bartenders and said, here, if somebody orders a beer, put the beer in his koozie, and I saw heads explode. A lot of people turned, Republicans were turning them inside out to not show their libertarian credentials. And you increased the Libertarian vote by seven that year, Brad. exactly. It It went went from six to seven. Oh, by the (laughs) way, speaking of concerts, Kev, you went to the Rick Springfield concert on Friday, and I had speculated that you would see a lot of well-assembled women between the ages of 45 and 55. Was that an accurate guess on my part?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I would
1: say that was very accurate. Did you uh, did you talk to any of them? Did any of them come up to you? Did any of them say, oh, oh it's local celebrity Kevin McNamara. Uh, I'd like to know more about your time on the Kendall and Casey show.
3: I, I was not recognized, <laughs> but I did talk to a nice lady uh, that sat next to me. Um, she was, I think, fifty-five. <laughs> she told me she first saw Rick Springfield when she was twelve years old in nineteen eighty, and that she's seen him fifteen times since then.
1: This is why I love Kevin. He is so sweet and innocent that he would. He is the only guy who goes to a concert looking for a deep, meaningful conversation on the on the uh, the white. What, what's it called now? It's not even we White River anymore. What's it? What's it it's called? TCU Amphitheater. Yeah, that's, that's going to change because they've rebranded as well. So I, this I love. Can you? Kev just goes to the concert and he's. Looking for, you know, he's looking for a deep meaningful connection. I
3: wouldn't you, say this was exactly a deep, meaningful <laughs> conversation. We were just kind of shooting the breeze, and it was cool. Kevin needs a, a camera for the YouTube feed. He does.
1: And i we've said that numerous times, and that is ignored in the order in which it was received each time we throw it out there, Brad. Speaking of ignoring people in the order in which they were received, these Democrat members of Congress are just awful. And it amazes me, Brad the ability to defend the indefensible and in politics, boy, it is so tribalized. It is so team oriented sport that these people on both sides of the aisle will say and do whatever they are told. If they believe it gives them a better chance at the next election, including it up to try to tell you Joe Biden is defensible and totally coherent. And in many cases, they will say he's actually doing a good job. And who are these people again? Well, it's not funny, Brad, because I've got not one, not two, but three examples of that for you right now. So Jamie Raskin, very high profile congressman. Um, he was on one of these talk shows over the weekend and they asked him, they said, look here, Palski, you can say whatever you want. But the fact is, the polls show Trump and Biden are tied and Trump is under like 10 million indictments. How is that even possible that Biden could be tied with Trump? Listen to this explanation. Let me ask you this. Why do you think a thrice indicted former president is neck and neck with the current president?
2: Well, it's a great question. I wish that Lincoln were around to pose it to him because it's his political party that they've dragged into the mud here. I mean, that was a pro-freedom, anti-slavery, anti-know-nothing, pro-immigration party.
1: And now it's become a cult of authoritarian personality. I have no idea how my guy is this bad. Why don't you ask Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> That's quite the stretch. Let's go back 170 years. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I have no idea. how to weasel my way out of this one. Ask Abraham Lincoln. Now, one guy who was making sense, this guy's name is Dean Phillips. He's a representative from Minnesota. A lot of people think that dean phillips may he's a one of these people who lies to you it's like oh look i'm a moderate look at how moderate i am a lot of people think that dean phillips may actually launch a primary uh, competition against joe biden and he was on i think this was abc he was on with and he said anyone someone run against joe biden in the primary So my call is to
2: those who are well positioned, well prepared, of good character and competency, they know who they are, to jump in because Democrats and the country need competition. It makes everything better. That's my call to them right now. That was actually CBS Face the Nation that he his was
1: His name's Dean Phillips. Dean Phillips, that's his I think name. I know this dude. Really? I think, in fact, I think I've got a cell phone number in my phone, was, and he's from Minnesota, right? Why would you have his phone number? Uh, because I believe he's Dean Phillips of Phillips Distilling Company, Oh, makers of Prairie Vodka and <laughs> some other bottom shelf sorts of vodkas. I think that he's a distiller. No kidding. No kidding. I'll, I'll have to do a little research yes, on that. Let's it, call him on that the air just, next time. Well, it just came to me when we... When I was hearing him there I'm like I know that voice I've, I've talked to this guy Yeah how many Dean Phillips Could there be And I mean that's I guess a somewhat common name Yeah Maybe, maybe it's not but, the same Was this guy like in politics Or No no He was just a distiller But it, somebody who's Probably a couple years Younger than me yeah. So maybe he's late 40s yeah. to 50 now But back to what he was saying Yes, there needs to be somebody who is not a baby boomer who's running for the presidency this year. Well, and and I thought it was interesting. Somebody please run. And if you're Robert F. Kennedy Jr., don't you raise your hand and go, uh I'm running and I'm getting like 15 percent of the vote in the polls. Uh, hello, hello, do I do I not count? Am I not a thing? Am I no, not a person? No, he does not count. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more clip before we get to a break. This guy, this last guy, is just the absolute best. So this guy's name is Jerry Conley. He's a U.S. rep, and he was on MSNBC. And he got asked because they keep saying, oh, my gosh, it's so great out there. And it's so wonderful. And Biden's doing such a wonderful job. And he basically he he got asked, well, why why are people not believing this in the polls? Why are polls showing people aren't aren't buying the Biden economic plan? And, Brad, he said, we haven't had enough time. And Joe Biden is too modest to take the credit for what's going on.
3: But he's still tied with Biden in some polls. So what, what do you think needs to happen for Biden to break away?
2: Well, I, I do think the economy is going to be a huge asset. Uh, Biden has been maybe too um, reticent, too modest to take credit. But I mean, where we've come since the depths of the pandemic is an astounding recovery story. Astounding.
1: He's too modest, Brad. Much too modest. Things are so great out there right now, and Joe Biden is such a good and decent and caring and loving person that he is too modest to take credit for the condition of the country. Hmm. I've never known Joe Biden to be too modest about much of anything, so I don't think that's it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, it looks like the fight between Zuckerberg and... And Elon Musk is a go. And Elon Musk says he wants to put it on Twitter, or X, or whatever it's called now. We'll talk about it next. Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. It's on between Musk and Zuckerberg. 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. So Elon Musk has tweeted out about this supposed fight that's going to take place between Zuckerberg and himself quote, Zuck v. Musk fight will be live streamed on X. That's what we call Twitter now. All proceeds will go to charity for veterans. So that would seem to imply we're uh, we're going to do this. It's going down. Now, that was at 3.35 a.m. that he put that out. So we all know that Elon is not one to shy away from partaking in the well, as we will say with you about Kev, the finer spices of life. So what? what do we think was going on at three thirty-five a.m he's kind of a night owl i mean i'm not going to specifically say that he was having a couple brewskis yeah. but but i you know, well i the, think brewskis might have been on the low end for Elon, Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah he's he's an interesting cat so do you think he w- wakes up like at 8 a.m oh my gosh what did i say i said what oh no he he very well could. Wouldn't be the first time. Because about 17 minutes before that, he put this is this is just great quote. I'm lifting weights throughout the day, preparing for the fight, don't have time to work out. So I just bring them to work. Hmm. And Kev, Kev and I were putting out during the break. This is why there's no way I believe this is happening because he would get killed by Mark Zuckerberg.
3: Like yes. he's, he's so unserious about this. Except Elon Musk has him just size-wise. He's got the size, but he doesn't train or, I, like, I don't believe he really works out or trains no. like Zuckerberg does. Zuckerberg actually does uh, jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah, yes. he does whatever that yes.
1: nonsense is called, but he could actually fight and hurt you. Elon Musk, it's not, you're not Evander Holyfield up there. He doesn't have the ability to take a, a punch. Like, he's not trained to do this. And I just love the nonchalant don't have time to work out, bring weights to work. Like, he doesn't have a gym at his work. <laughs> <laughs> like, he puts him in the car each day when he goes I would hope he has a stand-up desk, maybe you know, a little treadmill or something down there. It's he
3: probably rolls around on a ball every now
1: and then. I don't know why that made me so laugh so hard, but just uh, don't have time to workout bring them to work and he's gonna get in a fight hey do you play the lottery (laughs) yes i do i mean i felt like that was a stupid question to ask you but i just wanted to get that on record uh do you play this mega millions drawing so i have not done the mega millions uh i'm typically a hoosier lotto oh yeah sure type fan and um and that's just because the odds are so much better at the Hoosier lotto I mean they're all long shots but I will take the hundred times better odds at the Hoosier lotto and just let Indiana keep that money what does a mega millions ticket run is it a dollar I think they're they're almost all $2 Has it been $3? hit by inflation as well? Yeah. Okay, because no one hit the Mega Millions drawing on Friday. By the way, if you're scoring at home, I guess they know whether somebody's hit it or not. They don't They don't need me to give you the numbers. No, they, you, they know what yeah. numbers they've issued. Because it used to be there was a time where they had to read you the numbers, and then, but now they know beforehand whether you know or not. Right. Uh, 11, 30, 45, 52, 56, and the gold ball was 20. Uh, The the pot now So the pot on Friday was 1.35 billion Brad The pot Tuesday which is the next drawing As I understand it will be 1.55 Billion dollars That's a pretty good sum of money Now are you taking the money in the lump sum Or are you going to play it out over time I would have to talk to my wife about this I would probably take it out over time Um, Now There's going to be some dispute Whether can you I thought I read where you could will it to your heirs can, oh, I'm, I'd imagine you could. Because if you... Just what, put it in and have it go to a trust. Yeah, and, I mean, because yeah. if you couldn't, everybody would just take the lump sum because there's no way you're, most people are going to live well, 30 uh, years. The, from the difference is it is a diminished amount if you take the lump sum. But so. it, but I'm saying if you died, let's say you died yeah. in year five of the 30 years of taking the lump sum. Oh, or, yeah. Or, I I mean, the the state doesn't going to keep that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you yeah, can that goes with, to your state. You can will that to your state. Okay, perfect. Yes. I Because I can live on seven cents. Then if that's the case, and I think I might be more tempted. However, you are... You are leaving it up to a lot of chance that something squirrely might happen, and they probably got better lawyers than you do where they don't pay out the the money. If you took the lump sum, Brad, it would be $757.2 million uh, on Tuesday if you win. And that, yes. And so you can invest that. I mean, even in the most modest of investments, that's going to turn you, what, a million dollars a year? Yeah. So you don't even have to touch the principal. Yeah. Okay. So let's say after applicable taxes, because, of course, we still have uh, quite a few taxes here in the state of Indiana, thanks to Republican leadership. Let's just say 40 percent. Let's aim high and say 40 percent went to applicable taxes. That means you're still uh, clearing well over. Uh four hundred million. Yeah, let's just say four hundred million. Yeah, you could do some damage with four hundred million. Oh, absolutely. I mean you could buy that ISTA building that you had your eye <laughs> on. <laughs> and drain my drain my uh bedsheet that says Holcomb and Todd Young <laughs> suck so everybody would see it when they come to work each day. Yeah, I uh Man, I just I don't play the lottery. I mean, I do the scratch offs every so often, but I just uh, I don't know if I don't know if I've ever actually bought a lottery ticket for this sort of lottery. In the show notes, you ask, do you play, and what would entice you to play, or when do you play? I do know, Who's Your Lotto? The odds of winning are about one and nine million dollars. Yeah, so I'll kind of watch it when the uh, amount gets to nine million, which actually it's a two dollar ticket, so eighteen million. Yeah, it suddenly makes it in theory, if you could cover every number you would make money. I, I told that story I once interviewed for a job with the lottery. like their communications person. And I walked in and jokingly said, so let's just get this on the table. How rigged is the lottery? Just deadpan stare. Thank you for your time, Mr. Kindle. We will contact well, you. sorry for humor. Uh, all right, the oil guy, Bill Herrick, joins us coming up next. Gas prices are out of control. he will explain why. It's Kindle and Casey Show. 93
0: WIBC.
1: It looks like it's getting really expensive, and we got to know why. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show, and luckily when it comes to energy, when it comes to oil, and the price of all this bullcrap, we got a guy, the oil guy. Man, we haven't talked to him in a long time, but he is back. He is uh, one of the owners of Midwest Energy Partners, the great Bill Herrick. How are you, my friend? Rob, how are you? I'm doing just great. Man, it was for a while there. We had you on all the time when gas was just totally out of control, and then things kind of got back under control, and now I'm looking at that, uh, the price sign, and it just keeps ticking up and up and up and up. Am I imagining
0: that, or is it going up? No, it's going up. It's, you know um you haven't had me on for over a little over a year so my, my feelings long. my feelings were getting kind of hurt but will you, will know, you get better looking every time i see yeah, you yeah oh, sure right but uh, no I, that's why i got with you last week because uh, i knew gas prices were going to take a pretty good jump and they did and and uh, so they they've gone up 20% in the last 2 weeks so you know pretty much are 385 were earlier you know like like mid july they were th- around 320 so you know just in the last couple of weeks we've had a pretty good jump
1: why what's going on
0: so we've got a lot of, a lot of talk about um, so just kind of give you a back, some, give your listeners some background. I, I was last on in June of '22, and gas was about ready to hit five dollars a gallon. Uh, diesel was hitting seven dollars a gallon. Oil was one hundred and five dollars a barrel. You know everything was crazy. Um, but right after the Fourth of July, uh, things started falling uh, in terms of the energy prices. Uh, the dollar was very strong, and that that's important because uh, all, all oil products are purchased in, in U.S. dollars. So the stronger the dollar, the weaker the oil price. Um, the, the, is that
1: true over the world that things are purchased in U.S. dollars? Yeah, They're, they are for now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, so really it really does. And I think that's, I didn't mean to cut you up there, but I no. think that's so important. Like, when people go, oh, Rob, you're rambling on about inflation and the dollar again, you're rambling on about the government printing money, this
0: is why. Right. And every time we have a rate, hut for, rate hike, for example, that's that's just one more reason that the dollar gets stronger, and then and then obviously it costs more, more expensive to buy oil, so then that is a depressing factor on oil prices. But that was one thing. The, the economists were concerned. And that we're going to have a, a world recession, so that added uh, decreasing um, uh, increasing effect on on uh, de- depressing prices. Uh, the good news was the U.S. oil production domestically has grown by about two million barrels a day, uh, despite our friends in Washington trying to keep us you know, out of out of business. H- so how,
1: how does that happen? So we obviously Biden and the Democrats are incredibly opposed to to getting oil out of the ground. How does production grow when you have administrations that are deeply opposed to it?
0: We just you know. Uh, you you know, we're just very patriotic, and we felt like it was something that, uh, you know, we, we needed to do uh, instead of buying as much oil we, as we have from— you know, across the ocean that, by people that hate us, um, you know, we just felt like, you know, we needed increased domestic production. So
1: it, it, it's it, And Bill Herrick's our guest. He's the owner of Midwest Energy Partners. When you say we, I think this is important because this is your job. This is what you do is you help get oil out of the ground.
0: Sure. And, and you know, we've had the same problems everybody else has had. We've had, you know, a lot of worker issues. We've had, you know, uh, prices uh, of our materials that we use in the well that, that went, went up astronomically. But all those things have started to normalize. And so we were able to get back in the field and, and get back to you know producing more oil. So that that had a good effect. Uh, one thing that really hasn't been mentioned much was the drivers didn't like spending any hundred dollars to fill up their tanks any more than I did or you did. So you know uh, demand for gasoline extra actually, uh, actually went down three um, to five percent each month for the last half of uh, 2022. Do, so
1: do we know what the tipping point is with drivers? Like, is there a number where they just say that's it? Um, I mean, you can't stop driving altogether, but where people start going okay. I'm just not making that trip to the store today. Is there a it's like psychologically a number where that happens? Well,
0: I mean, based on what I've what what we've seen, at least in the last twelve months, five dollars seems to be the magic number. You know, it's just it just uh, that that seems as good a number as I can give you. Um, But um, anyways, uh, so. We got into early uh, July, and all of a sudden, the market started changing. And uh, oil supply has uh, has begun to drop. Demand has continued to be strong, and uh, so you know, barring any unforeseen events, I think gas prices for the rest of this year are going to continue to be in this three seventy five to four dollar range. Um, we might, you know, again, if you have some major uh, development like you know, like Russia invading Ukraine or something like that, you know things could go crazy. But I don't think we're we're going to see oil prices or gas prices much over uh, four dollars between now and the end of the year. But twenty twenty four looks like a repeat of last year where, where oh, no. we can easily see gas getting back up to five dollars. Oh
1: no. Okay, so let me ask you why? Because I see uh, OPEC coming out and refu- doing cuts and then saying we may do more cuts. How big of a player in the price of gas is OPEC?
0: Oh, they're huge. And and you know we we will. Um, uh you know our our prices will totally depend on what they're doing to us because we obviously we're we can't produce enough of of, of oil for our our own use let alone uh, you know for the world so so when they not, when they announced the two million barrels uh, it didn't have a, a lot of effect at that point but now now it's actually coming into the coming into into play in terms of what the markets are doing and and you know supply shrinking in fact this past uh, Wednesday uh, 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 inventory is announced each week by the by the Energy Department and and uh, supplies shrunk by 17 million barrels, oh. in, in one week. Oh, that's not good. Uh, I mean, normally, normally it's like up a million or two million or barrels or two million down or whatever, but uh, it went down 17 million barrels in one week, which is an all-time record. So it kind of gives you an indication that the world's economy is is definitely improving, and uh, you know uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some supply issues, but um the, the biggest issue with the U.S. is that we don't. I don't think we're going to be a major factor going forward because we've already drilled the best locations and the tight labor, labor markets, uh, you know, is still there. So, um, you know, we've, you know, we're, we're going to we're going to do as much as we can, but it's it's, uh, you know, a lot of it's, it's going to be depending on what OPEC does.
1: Bill Herrick, our guest, the oil guy. We're talking about the rise in gas prices and the role oils playing in that. Um, This may be a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it because, well, gosh darn it, Bill, it's half my show and I can do that. I see a lot of times we ship energy to other countries, China, etc. Why do we do this if energy is so scarce or does that matter at all in terms of what we, we pay for the price of gas?
0: Well, part of it is based on the type of oil that our refiners are set up to are set up to use. For example, we uh, most of our refiners are set up to use heavy heavy oil, which comes from overseas. We produce more light oil than we do heavy oil, so so we have a kind of a mismatch between what we produce and what what our refiners use. Uh, but um, you know, I, I will say. You know, it kind of leads into the strategic reserve issues. Um, And for those that don't know what the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was or is, you know, back in uh, the early 80s when we had a um, – Iraq and and uh, and OPEC decided not to ship any oil to us. We decided that we needed a, we needed to establish a reserve for our own use to uh, help us uh, help protect us for, for against any future uh, issues like 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 we're having now, and and uh, so uh, it was it was created. We put in 600 million barrels of uh, oil over the period of time to to, uh, to take care of that, and and. Uh, since Biden has been president, he's reduced the reserve by forty-one percent.
1: Does it does it help when he does it? We always see the press conference. The the president has released X amount of barrels of oil. Does that actually help the price of oil at all?
0: Well, it's 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 it, it did decrease prices of gas for a certain period of time. But everyone, including his his advisors and and both both sides of the aisle in terms of the politics. All said it was a bad idea because we're you know it's basically our savings account that we're using to to uh, to give up. So um, they've made claims recently that they intend to refill it, uh, but they haven't done anything to date. So we're we're basically at you know we're down almost almost half of where we we were when we started. So pray we don't get any kind of worldwide you know conflicts or anything like that because we just don't have the have the reserves now and like we we had uh, just eighteen months ago.
1: Well, and I think it's also important to point out, and we always do this when you're in here, and this has nothing to do with why you're. Here because you don't control it, but like and it fluctuates month after month. But something like sixty percent of every sixty ga- sixty cents sixty cents of every gallon of gas you buy in the state of Indiana is taxes. I mean, if we had a a, a decent gas tax or tax on gas because we got two taxes on gas in Indiana, it might not be as expensive as gas is, and that's why it's cheaper other places.
0: That's very true. Yeah, let's well, talk just, about just. Just remember, I, I want your listeners to remember though. Back in in June of, of last year. Uh, Biden released 30 million barrels of oil um, that virtually all were, were exported. And uh, China ended up getting quite a bit of it, so
1: we're giving it to China.
0: Yeah, and, I thought and, we didn't like China, and it's just you know he could have he could have released it and and said okay it has to be used for domestic use, and you know it could gone to a different group of customers, and but instead it went overseas, and and uh, you know so our strategic reserves literally went to China and, and other foreign countries that really don't like us. So it's just you know it, it, it pales in comparison to our withdrawal in Afghanistan or the the border crisis, but still it's just something that is incredibly stupid.
1: Couple minutes left with our. Guy, the oil guy, Bill Herrick, uh, he is the owner of Midwest Energy Partners, and this is what he does. He gets oil out of the ground. Let's talk about some other energy. It seems like the electric bill, it seems like the gas bill, it seems like they're getting more expensive again. Am I just imagining
0: that? No, it's, it's, uh, that's all, all true. Um, I, you know, I call the Church of Holy Global Warming, um, <laughs> unlikely to be disbanded anytime soon. I did want to touch on carbon emissions, uh, a little bit. Uh, let me talk about electric cars for a second. Um, Back in April of this year, uh, uh, the government decided to give uh, anyone that bought, a, bought an electric car uh, seventy five hundred dollars in tax credits. Yeah, and you know that story really hasn't been that well discussed you know, in the in the media, um, which is typical because anything that you know that the Republicans would say is 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 dumb is something that usually never gets gets to the mainstream of the media. But but. Uh, um, you know, I started thinking about that and realized that that is no different than um, Biden's uh, student loan uh, forgiveness program. Yeah, uh, in the sense that you know, it's all it's all through, done, done through taxes, right? So um, you know, even though uh, maybe you're not we're not making a direct cash payment to a person buying an electric car, it's it's coming through uh, our tax payments. So, yeah. It's, it's basically the same thing, where you know, a select few people are are, um, are getting significant benefits at the expense of the rest of us. Or
1: behavior that they that the government wants you to participate in. Right. They're basically bribing you for a certain type of behavior. That was part of that Inflation Reduction Act that didn't actually reduce any inflation. Um, yeah. So, real, real quick, we've got about a minute left here, or so uh, tell us about solar. I know that's a big issue as well.
0: Well it is and and the, and the, the bottom line is on, on all this stuff is that the cost of all these renewable energies um, are just out of this world and the and the, and a lot of them just don't simply work so um you know that's that's the real issue that you know the 7500 dollars is, is very a um, minimal number that um, is coming to our pocketbook uh, in terms of taxes. the billions and billions of dollars that are going into these green energy projects are just incredible and and uh, um, we're not getting really any, any return for them.
1: He is the oil guy owner of Midwest Energy Partners, the great Bill Herrick, thank you, my friend. you're the best. Thank you. And that is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much to Brad Klopfenstein-Stein for filling in today. Great job, as always, Kevin, on the board. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 9 to noon, Kendall Casey Show on 93 WIBC.